The New Age Christianity Podcast is brought to you by... Hello, New Age Christian family. This is Austin Fletcher. You're listening to the New Age Christian Podcast, and this is episode number 43. This is our third episode in the series of our Path to Enlightenment, where we are going over the different personality profiles inside of the DISC personality testing. And we are talking today about the influencers, or the eyes. So the eyes are the tiggers of the world. They are the life of the party, and they are the people that we all need for a little bit of levity and fun in our lives. And for of the four groups, eyes probably will have the most difficult time settling down to the internal world enough to actually find enlightenment. So I am an eye, and I believe there's a lot of great tools out there. Today we're going to talk about the Four Agreements with Don Miguel Ruiz, and I'm going to give you some tips and tricks and hopefully some insights that will help you out, because enlightenment is available for all, even the eyes. All right, well... Last week, we talked about the powerful path to enlightenment, and this week, we're going to talk about the fun path. (laughs) I don't know if you have noticed or if you know much about the uh, personality profiles, but, you know, uh, there's different kinds of people in this world, as we've said many times, and, um, you know, the powerful path for those dominant people in our lives, uh, that kind of tends to be one of their words. And, um, you know, if you have an influence in your life, influencer in your life, then uh, they are typically the ones who just want to have fun. And um, you will find that that uh, fun is one of their major, major drivers. And if this is you, and you, you will realize that, oh my gosh, uh, as we go through different things, you're right. Fun is the thing that I search for. And uh, whether even if it's learning, if it's work, Obviously, if it's with people, even if it's by yourself, if it's not fun, you don't do it for very long. I have some uh, pretty high eyes in my life that have been comical, and yes, we all can be frustrating to watch. But um, the uh, I'll never forget, so Grant Porteous, who's been on this podcast before and will be on very shortly for uh, one of the uh, the ones coming up, uh, one of the tools coming up in an episode uh in a couple of weeks, that uh, he did a sermon series at the church that he and I worked at together, North Point. And in that series, he called it Unstuck, and it's a really amazing concept, and it was a, one of my favorite kind of uh, series I've ever participated in at a church. And the first one week, he had us write down three activities that give us energy. In those activities, uh, you know, the, the idea was that if being around people gives you energy uh, versus being around people who, that, you know, it doesn't give you energy. You know, uh, your C's and uh, your D's don't tend to be people persons. Um, C's especially. They're, they're typically more introverted and they're more, um, they like to be alone and with alone with their thoughts in their laboratory of, of thinking. But your eyes are the uh, 
catty corner to your seat. They're they are the polar opposite. They're the ones that very much like to be around people. They very much uh, don't like doing tasks alone. Uh, Kaylee Hale, um, who has been on this podcast, is is a pretty high eye, and uh, the idea of sitting down and writing a blog by herself in her at her house, uh, she just it's unsustainable for her. And she knows this. She's learned that uh, sitting down and doing these things by herself just she doesn't enjoy it. But if she can get into a room of people and she can be around others and write or record or whatever, she's that much, she has so much more fun doing it. Now, because of this, eyes are kind of notorious, often not very efficient, which of course drives D's nuts because D's want efficiency and they don't want to waste time. Eyes don't care about efficiency. They just want to be doing something, right? So they don't want to be bored. Um, and you might think it's very similar to a D, but that's not the case at all. I've seen <laughs> D's and I's go at it. You know, they annoy the crap out of each other because the D's like, we've been just talking for two hours. We haven't gotten anything done. And the I's like, what are you talking about? We, we haven't gotten anything done. We've been talking for two hours, right? We've been doing plenty versus a D like wants to, if you need to dive in and write your blog post, you know, they'll dive in for an hour and a half and get it done. And then I was like, we haven't done anything for an hour and a half. All I'm doing is writing, <laughs> right? So, you know, I, I hope it's, as I go through these uh, different personalities that uh, if you've never heard any of this stuff, that some stuff is clicking for you in your own life, in the wife of your friends and family, your children, your spouse, whatever. So back to my story about Grant Porteous. So by the way, I am uh I do have a lot of I in me. I am a verbal processor, which is a very I trait, and I can handle being around people a lot. I'm also a C, which is the opposite, and I'll explain that more probably in the fifth episode. I'm going to kind of do a, a little bit more um, rounded out about all four personalities, but um, the ability for me to kind of get on here and just verbally process with very few notes is very much because of, of my I traits. My I mixed with my C makes me a good teacher because I think through stuff constantly. I'm, I, have a, I have a mental laboratory in which I pull my thoughts together and, and understand truth. And then my eye comes out and just starts talking <laughs> and talking and talking and talking and talking and talking. And oh my gosh, that movie I tell you about, told you about, the teaching I tell you about by uh, Danny Silk, Know Yourself and Know Your Team. At the end of it, there is a question and answer um, time. And there's, I think there's like the fourth girl in line. She, she gets up and she's giggly and everything like that. I mean, she is the quintessential high eye life of the party. You can just tell her energy. She's she's got an obnoxious laugh, which all, so many eyes do. Their laugh is just ridiculous. It's they're, they're the funny laughs in the room. Um, and she gets up, has the microphone and she's like, so I'm an eye. He's like, no, really? And everyone kind of laughs. And then she asks this question and it takes her like two minutes to ask it. And you don't know what she asked. And Danny's like, so what's your question again? <laughs> so eyes are verbal processors. And that is a, a part of my life that makes me a good teacher. But um, back to my story with Grant. <laughs> <laughs> what an example of an eye. Uh, so Grant had us do this, you know, what are the, the three activities, list your three favorite activities that, that give you energy. And then the next week we went through and he had us go, okay, now from those three activities, give us, get, write down three values that you get 
from those three activities. And what's interesting is that I, I went through my activities were like uh, golf, kayaking, and teaching. They all give me energy. And at that time in my life, I had a job and I was in a place where I had my eye had to be really, really, um, I won't say squelched because the guys I worked with were amazing dudes and I loved working for that company. But I just, my position in the company, I had to be a lot more uh, supportive. I had, I couldn't be a leader as much. And so I had a lot of uh, S traits, which we'll get into next week, um, during that job at, at Terra Stone Masonry. And so I was taking this, this thing with Grant at the time, and I realized that because of where my life was, when I went through the three activities that I enjoyed and the energies that I got from them, or the, the, the values that I got from them, nowhere on my list was fun. I, do, I wasn't getting, no, I, val, fun was not something that I valued. And at that time, it made, it, it was this kind of like this really aha moment. And if you look at my disc personality testing back then, I was a very, very low I. Now, because I'm a leader and I have my own, my own projects and I, and I can, I don't have to be so support, support role driven. I can be leadership driven. My true nature is coming, has come out more in the last couple of years to where fun is a much higher driver for me. And I do find myself getting bored with things. I do find myself, that's why I, I have, I'm 37 years old. And I think to date, I have founded almost 20 companies because my true nature is change and shifting and let's do something, let's do something. I'm not very efficient because I don't have a whole lot of D in me either, but I do like to do stuff. So anyway, as you go through the, as I go through these traits, and if you're trying to figure out who you are, um, that could be one tool for you is to go through that little exercise that Grant, you know, that unstuck exercise that Grant led, which is, you know, list your three favorite activities that give you energy. If being around people does not give you an energy, then most likely your activities are going to be things that you do when you're by yourself, like reading or whatever. Um, and if being around people gives you energy, then it's probably going to be stuff like playing volleyball or whatever with other people. So list those three. And then from those three, pick three, find the three values you get from each one of them. So you'd end up with nine values. And, and for me, a lot of mine overlapped or like at that time. And I still do. The C part of me loves to relax so that I can think. The C part of me loves a good cigar and bourbon and a, on a kayak down a, down a crystal river and just think. So it is not, remember, all of these are what it is to be a high D, a high I, a high S, or a high C. This is not if you have, if you're partially I, which most of us are. So again, these traits are for your high eyes or the I that is in you. Um, that there's going to be bits and pieces like fun is still not the massive driver for me that it is for a high eye, but it is it has risen in me because my life now can reflect that a little bit more. So kind of, uh, to follow the same format from last week about the overview of what an influence is. So influencers, they have an emphasis on shaping their environment by influencing or persuading others. By contrast, we talked about the D, the D personality, they have an emphasis on shaping the environment by overcoming opposition and accomplishing to accomplish results. So remember that you have the different quadrants where 
the D and the I, they both view themselves as more powerful than their environment. And so they're both wanting to uh, shape the environment around them. The C and the S view, them, view themselves as less powerful in their environment, so they want to adapt to the environment around them. So an I wants to shape the environment, but the way they do it is by influencing and persuading versus a D is about overcoming obstacles. Okay, so there's a little bit more tank-like, task-driven nature for a D versus uh, persuasive and salesman-like, people-driven nature for an I. Um, the drivers, the main driver for an I is the need for freedom. I just need to be free. I just, which in very real ways translates as a need for <laughs> very few rules. I, I, I won't say that eyes need no rules because I think everybody understands and, and most eyes understand that as well. Uh, they've, they've, you know, we've all had our own fair share of our own mistakes that have caused our own pain. So we understand rules can be good, but eyes are definitely the ones that don't want a lot of rules. Um, they want to push the boundaries and they're that kind of, you know, rules were made to be broken uh, group because it's fun. Right. And it's, uh, and it's that a bit that, that freedom is, is very much a hot button for them. And, uh, you know, I think if Kayleen were on this, this episode, she would tell you, oh my gosh, that's one of the main reasons why she left the you know religious church system because it was just no fun. And so many of the, uh, the systems that we all grew up in work and, and the millennial generation has a lot more eye in it than, uh, you know, like I think I would say that the, the baby boomer generation has a lot more D they're more dominant. The millennials want more fun. They want more freedom. Um, they want less restriction, less rules. And, uh, so you can, you can kind of see, uh, where those drivers begin to mesh. Whereas remember, uh, the D's drivers were the need to be significant. Now the lies that eyes deal with, um, specifically is being rejected or, or not accepted. Whereas the D was not being respected or valued. So, um, a D wants, whether you reject them or not, they don't give a crap right? Look at Trump. He doesn't care. He just wants to be respected. Whereas an I wants to be liked. They don't want to be rejected as, for the person that they are. Um, and so if you find yourself, you know, in a position of leadership and you don't have a whole lot of D in you, then you will find it difficult to make hard decisions because, you know, if, if the D's make hard decisions because they don't care if you reject them, they just want to be respected. Whereas an I cares if you reject them or you don't accept them as a person. So it's very difficult for an I to fire people. It's very difficult for an I to cut a budget. It's very difficult for an I to tell somebody bad news because it means that they are the bad guy and that, and that people person orientation that I's and S's have make it very difficult for them to be leaders of, um, of difficult, of, of, it's one thing for them to be a manager of a fun company and have somebody else who has to make the hard decisions. But when it comes to hard decisions, I's, uh, they put them off and they put them off and they put them off and then until they find something new. And then they kind of hope that the problem went away because we found this new fun toy to play with and that problem just got swept under the rug. And uh, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So this is this was interesting. The powerless, you know, remember every 
Every one of these has a powerless emotion. So D's, their powerless emotion was anger. And this one is to me the most interesting of the four, the of all of the disc personality types, is that I's, when they feel powerless, they actually get really optimistic and and really trusting. And the reason for that is because they don't, they don't, I won't say they don't know how, but they don't enjoy looking at the truth of a negative situation. And obviously, if you're feeling powerless, then the situation is in some way, shape, or form, it is negative. And they don't enjoy that. They they would rather hope that it's not the case. They would rather believe better for it. And it's one of the, uh, the, the traps that uh, we'll talk about later in the episode of of four eyes and four, like, yeah, you can you can believe better, but to be honest, if you're not honest with the scenario, you can be to you can be optimistic and trusting to a foolish level, and um, so you know it's kind of that. I think Danny Silk uses example like uh, what happens when when a plane's going down and you have a D and I and S and a C together. The eyes of the one that's like, we're going to be fine, guys. It's going to be fine. It's going to be totally fine. The pilot will figure it out. The plane will be, you know, and they're those ones that are just totally, no, it's it's all right. It'll be okay. And everyone else around them is getting annoyed that this person can't see reality. And that is one of the reasons why eyes, it's difficult for them to make hard decisions because making hard decisions means you have to own up to the hard facts. And if you don't want to own up to the hard facts, you just get optimistic and it'll be fine. So, the greatest fear, in quotes, greatest fear of an I is essentially getting bored or, you know, having nothing to do or having too many rules. And in my experience, um, I think Danny Silk says it's having nothing to do. And in my experience, while that is on the list, I have actually seen that eyes have more fear of restriction or a lack of freedom. They have more fear of rules and, um, telling them what they can't do or telling them, oh my gosh, actually, it's not even just what they can't do. It's telling them how they need to do anything. Like C's are very, uh, C's and S's really like lists and they really like step one, step two, step three, step four. If you ever got a piece of furniture from Ikea and your C or S side of you got excited about reading the instructions, then congratulations. If you ever got a piece of furniture from Ikea and you threw away the instructions and said, I'll figure it out, then congratulations, you're either a D or an I or both. Um, because they don't want the steps, the rules, the the uh, and if there are, then they need to be simple and they need to be clear and they need to be clean. Um, they don't need to be too overly detailed because it gets boring. And uh, again, <laughs> you know, if you're, if you're a I listening to this, you know, the D's are listening to this podcast on three times speed. The I's are partially listening, probably skip to the end if, and, and, and uh, you know, are definitely doing something else fun while they're doing this. You know, your C's are taking notes and your S's are, you know, also taking notes and, and uh, I think they like, S's tend to like I's a little bit more because I's are people persons and S's are very, very much people persons. So if you're an S, you probably enjoy this episode too. Anyway, so 
as kind of an overview, I's are people-oriented. They are fast-paced like D's. They're on that side of the quadrant. They like to move quickly, um, but their motivation is not task. You know, it's a people-oriented. Um, they do view themselves as more powerful than their environment. And here's a big difference from the D's is that I's view them the environment as favorable, which is why optimism and trust is their, you know, oh, it'll be fine because the environment is fine. Life is for me and everything's good and fun. It'll be okay. And D's are like, nope, life is against you. You need to take over it and you need to tackle it and it's going to, and you need to fix it. So another thing is I's are idea people. They love, they are very, oh, I've got an idea. Oh, I have an idea. I have a feeling. I, and they like to chase those ideas. And again, that's the side of me that's you know founded, already done almost 20 different companies by the time I'm 37 because I have so many ideas, um, which of course means that uh, I need to learn how to focus because focus is not their strong suit. And uh, eyes often don't listen. <laughs> I'm guilty of that probably. Why? Because I like to talk. And on top of that, I am personally also an introspective thinker. So listening and truly not hearing. Eyes can hear. I mean, we all, right? Your ears just hear. So someone can talk and talk and talk and you can hear. But to listen. Eyes have a very difficult time listening. And And if you find yourself as one of those who has a hard time listening... Um, again, I keep using Kaylee as an example because I know she's been on this podcast and we're very close. We've talked a lot about this stuff. Like for Kaylee to go to a, and listen to a church sermon is like nails on a chalkboard for her, unless it is something she's never heard and it's and it's kind of an engaging concept. It is boring AF for her to listen to the same stuff over and over again. You know, I can almost guarantee you and that she's not going to listen to these podcasts because we've had so many conversations about the disc personality profiles that uh, she she wants to move on to the next thing. Unless I specifically tell her, hey, there's some stuff in there that you've never heard. You know, she might go listen to that. But, uh, you know, eyes want that new thing. And sitting and listening and listening and listening and listening is just not their speed. And uh, eyes... Obviously, they don't really like a ton of structure, hence their greatest fear and their need for freedom. Um, But eyes are also fast thinkers. Uh, That kind of goes in line with their, I have an idea, I have an idea, I have an idea. Um, They're going to be typically one of the first ones to speak up. So if you're in a group of four people or in that plane that's going down, eyes are probably going to be the first one to say something, maybe a D. Uh, but uh, your I's and D's are going to speak first. Your S's and C's, your C's especially, are going to typically speak last because they want to think through it as much as they can. And I's are verbal processors. So, you know, hence, open their mouth and start thinking. (laughs) And they watch their thoughts leave their mouth. And a C is like, Oh my God, I love Danny Silk's take on this. He's, you know, and I's just going to talk and talk and talk and, and they watch their thoughts leave their mouth and then they'll get to the end of it and be like, yeah, I don't even believe that. And a C is having a conniption fit because they're thinking, how could you say all of those things and not even believe what you just said? How can I trust anything that you would ever say? <laughs> because a C is going to be quiet and, and is going to wait to speak until they have what they know they believe. So, that is what an I is, and uh, again, 
if you want more information on that, I highly recommend Danny Silk's teaching or, you know, take, take personality profile test. I will be putting links in all of the podcast episodes for those things. And now for the reason for this series is your path to enlightenment. And if you are a high eye or you have a significant, significant amount of eye, uh, this was actually the hardest of the four for me to kind of narrow down because to be honest, enlightenment and the path to enlightenment takes a lot of hard work and hard work can often not be seen as very fun. And, um, the, uh, Enlightenment takes awareness, it takes internal awareness, it takes an internal work, and eyes are the most external, the most environment-driven, and they uh, enjoy living from the outside in, and enlightenment is almost, I mean, it's very much the in, living from the inside out, but all that to say, if this is you, I can, and because I have a lot of I in me, I can promise you that there the four agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz, and then the fifth agreement, which I have the books right here in front of the camera, uh, the four agreements and the fifth agreement are to me, and the Toltec wisdom tradition are the closest and the best tool that you could use and uh, dive into for an eye. Now, interestingly enough, eyes don't like a lot of structure. And of all of these uh, tools, this is the only one that's literally got like the four steps or you know the five agreements. Um, but here's the thing. The way the agreements are written and the way that uh, they're presented, it is literally, if I can say this, it's literally only five agreements. And when you back all the way out to all of the other different modalities for how to find enlightenment. And if you realize, wait a minute, only five agreements? That is the least amount of step one, step two, step three, step four, right? If you listen to Eckhart Tolle or Thomas Troward, um, you know, or even you know, Radical Honesty by Brad Belton, I mean, there are so many different steps and so many different things. And if you can just boil it down to five agreements, and it's really actually two agreements with uh, three others kind of supporting one of the main ones. But if you can boil the path of enlightenment down to five agreements, it's actually the least amount of structure that you even would need. And I can verify it works. It's amazing. The four agreements is actually the uh, the one that Spirit brought to me. Um, I think I've told my story, but long story short, through a series of events of people bringing up the four agreements all the way down to talking to a guy on the phone for a uh, financial project I was working on, and he ended up talking to me for an hour about the four agreements. I pulled it up on my computer. I was going to buy it before a business trip, and then I decided I was going to, you know, because it wouldn't get here in time, I was going to go to the store the next morning after a meeting I had. At that meeting, Jonathan Garlinghouse, my business partner, pulls out the four agreements, slaps it down on the table in front of me, and says that his mom gave it to him, and he has no intention of reading it. And I my jaw hit the floor because I was literally going to go buy that book 10 minutes later. The four agreements brought to me by the Holy Spirit <laughs> is very much the eyes tool for enlightenment. And the reason is, is because Miguel Ruiz, his entire focus is on pursuit of happiness and happiness is fun. And so if you could almost rephrase it in certain parts of his book, and it is deeper than just 
than just surface level fun. But you could almost rephrase many parts of his book through the lens of the pursuit of fun, right? For the pursuit of things that give you energy, the pursuit of being happy. It's the entire path. And that is one of the pros. And, and, And so another going through the pros, cons, and then the trap that each one of these has. So the pro of the four agreements for an I is that it is the entire path is based on the pursuit of happiness, which is fun. And you will, if you get to know Don Miguel Ruiz's teachings and his life, you'll see that actually he, he specializes in uh, teaching people how to make attachments and then let go of attachments, make attachments and let go of attachments. Therefore, his entire path is about constant change. Which again, eyes love change. They love that new adventure. They love the thing. And so there's a huge part of me that just loves pushing the envelope with my spiritual beliefs and, and, and journeying and never stopping. I love to move and move and move and move. I don't like um, too much structure. I don't, and some might say I don't like stability, but that just you know, depends on how you interpret the word or interpret the energy of it. But it specializes in change. And, uh, and as I already said, another pro is that it's actually only five simple rules, which in the context of the path of enlightenment, five rules is very few and they do work. They are five rules that actually work. Now the cons of the four agreement and the four agreements and the path to enlightenment, um, is, and I've seen it in, in even this community and I've read it in some of their books in their community is that uh, when you talk about constant change, there's still a part of humanity that wants stability, and we still want rules, and we still want a system that we can that's predictable. And so, in your highfalutin adventure for unpredictability and that change, you also will have this undercurrent of being Toltec and living the Five Agreements is is the right set of rules to live by. And so you can actually subtly find yourself in a new religion <laughs> or re- becoming a religious uh, bigot in a different way. Um, I'd listened to, or in one of the books um, that I believe his sons writes, uh, I think it's, um, I can't remember which one of the sons it is that writes the five levels of agreement, but um, or five levels of attachment, but it uh, talks about how in, in the Toltec wisdom tradition and in their community, the Four Agreements community, that he'll hear people all the time talk about how they're not, someone's not being Toltec enough. And yet at the same time, the entire premise around being Toltec is that we're all dreaming and we're all just living by certain agreements. And so telling somebody that they're not living by the right agreements is ignoring the very tenet of Toltec teaching that it's all just, even Toltec ideas are just agreements. They're just things that, that you've attached to. And if you attach them on that level of religion and you attach them on that level of this is the right way to live, then you're just deceiving yourself into thinking that you're actually Toltec because you're not. You're, 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 your actions are louder than your words, per se. Per se. So um, that is one con is that it can very quickly become a new version of religion for you. Um, and another con is it's it's probably not as fast as in most eyes would like. Eyes really like to move fast and they like constant change. And uh, while you can certainly pursue happiness quickly and make change and you know change your job, change your clothes, change your your 
your lover, change, whatever, the actual journey to enlightenment itself is still going to take some time. And uh, there, each one of these paths has in it an inherent uh, trap, an inherent thing that needs to be overcome. So the speed, you know, you can, th- therefore, with this like, oh my gosh, I have all this change and I'm pursuing happiness, that you can deceive yourself into thinking that you're further down the path of enlightenment than you actually are, right? Because it, enlightenment is a multifaceted thing and you might find yourself really happy, but now you've entered into the trap. And that trap is thinking that happiness comes from the outside, right? And I can prove to you, and Don Miguel teaches this, so this is, but I can prove to you that your heaven is conditional by asking you one question. How happy would you be if you went through a Job experience? Your kids died. Your, you lost your job. Your spouse left you. You lost your health, right? When you are happy as a clam and your life is fun and you are pursuing enlightenment through the pursuit of happiness, you can enter into the trap of thinking that external happiness is enlightenment. When in reality the happiness that you should be pursuing is from within. And I think Don Miguel does an amazing job articulating this. He does an amazing job pointing out this trap over and over and over and over again. And yet at the same time it is, but pursue happiness, pursue happiness. And so it is this balance that only you can figure out in your muscles as an eye that I'm pursuing happiness externally, but realizing that true happiness comes from within. And so one of the questions I always ask myself is, what, how happy would I be if this thing was taken from me, right? I'm a teacher. I have a podcast. I'm trying to build a wisdom tradition around New Age Christianity, and I think it's going well. But what, hap- what would happen to my happiness if I lost my voice, right? What would happen to my happiness if I lost my reputation and my entire audience? Where would my happiness come from? And so I asked these things of myself to essentially just challenge how close am I to true enlightenment. Um, for me, the Four Agreements is my been my primary tool the last year, and then we're you know in two weeks we're going to go over the C's, and uh, I'll talk about Thomas Troward and the creative process and the individual, and that was has been my primary tool for the previous years before that, and so. For me, the the pursuit of happiness and balancing that with realizing that where happiness comes from, you have to, you know, over this last year, I have kind of had to feel out my muscles of where, what is making me happy versus what is a manifestation of my happiness. Because as a creative, in the creative process in the individual, your life will reflect your vibration. And so as I become more happy, my life will be reflecting that happiness in more joy. And it becomes a, you know, a a feedback loop where I am happy. Therefore, my life makes me happy. My life makes me happy. I get happier. And then all you have to do to kind of gauge and, and take a thermometer to that is ask yourself, where would my happiness be if this was taken from me? And I can almost promise you that life will Spirit will at some point take something from you that makes you happy as a test and a proving ground. And there's different types of tests. 
And it's as a formative test of your happiness. Oh, you think you're enlightened? Okay, let me uh, take this away from you. And just look about, just about any enlightened teacher throughout history has multiple versions of that moment where it is tested and their metal is tested and they're found to still need growth or not. So true happiness cannot be found externally and it can be easy to fall into that trap using the four agreements because its primary tool is the pursuit of happiness. And so uh, I, you know, be aware of that trap and understand that uh, you need to kind of grow your own muscles in that and find other people that can challenge that and be aware that life will challenge that. So last part of this as in all of these episodes is I want to kind of go over a little bit of what probably won't work if you're a high I. Now, this is kind of because I'm a CI, this does not apply to me directly because it, um, well, I am, I am those polar opposites. But uh, for most high eyes, I can almost guarantee you that, that the secret and the law of attraction kind of creative process in the individual, that those methods don't work for you. And you might be thinking, no, 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 I, I, it, it worked for me. Well, let me, let me just challenge you on something. If you're a high eye and you heard about the secret you were, and you got excited, right? There's a pretty good chance it sounded really exciting. It sounded fun that you could change your, your life really quickly. And it sounded, you know, it was a pursuit of happiness thing. But then you were told you need to visualize and you need to carry a vibration and you need to believe things before they've happened and everything like that. And you did great for a while, right? But remember that eyes like change. And so you wanted the red Corvette for a while. And then, wait a minute, I want, I want a, a yellow, you know, Mini Cooper. Oh, and now, and now I want to, I want to, I don't know, pick it. I want a truck. And so as you're working with the law of attraction, your vibration is changing constantly. Oh, I want to do this for a living. I want to do this for a living. For me, it's, you know, I want to start this company and this company and this company and this company and this company. And guess what? None of them have really truly been focused on and created at a vibratory level with any sort of speed, right? Um, it has taken me a year to get New Age Christianity to this point, And I still, I'll own up to it. I still haven't updated the website. Okay, I've been promising that for like six months, right? And what it is is that I, I've got so many irons in the fire that that doing anything with any sort of consistent excellence is really a challenge for me. Uh, I'm owning it and I'm understanding it's a strength and a weakness because I'm also very creative. I have a lot of ideas and, and I like myself for that and I don't want to get rid of that. But I also need to realize that uh, I'm... <laughs> kind of all over the place when it comes to the law of attraction and the law of vibration. So because the true law of attraction isn't what the secret it is, I'm, you know, there's more to it. I did an episode on the different, um, the good, the bad, and the ugly of the law of attraction. So go back and listen to that. It's maybe two months old, somewhere in the low thirties, I think, as far as episode numbers go. And, um, the good, the bad, the ugly of the law of attraction kind of shows out that 
the law of attraction works all the time. So when I say it's not going to work for an eye, that's, I don't mean it's a universal law. It's always working. But the fact that it is always working is, is, has to be paired with the fact that most eyes want change too rapidly for any sort of real conscious stability towards a specific creative end. And so if you're trying to use the law of attraction to reach enlightenment, you're going to get bored because it's going to take too damn long, right? It's going, and so you, you can use the law of attraction to maybe get a new car or something like that. And in that side of like, I'm going to pursue my happiness. But if you're going to try to envision yourself being enlightened, it's not going to be your cup of tea. For those eyes who have tried the secret, who have tried the law of attraction, you know, I can, I can bet that whatever methods you have tried, you've tried five of them and you're not doing any of them now, right? And, you're, and they were fun for a while and they kind of worked. But then you kind of wonder, why am I, well, if it kind of worked, why did I stop? Oh, because it's not fun anymore. Um, there's, there's an eye that I know that shall remain nameless, but, uh, it has become something it's become comical to watch. It was frustrating for a while cause we we're really close. And, and, uh, when somebody's constantly changing, um, what they're about, it can be a bit challenging, but to watch from afar, the amount of projects and business ideas and hobbies that this person has done over the last five years, um, is and it is literally you can see it you can see it on facebook you can see it in the conversation that when when something is fun it becomes this is what i'm doing now with my life and this is how i'm going to change the world and then the moment it turns into a little bit of work and effort and you have to like keep it for a while suddenly it's not fun anymore then bam it drops and they find a new fun thing to do and then that new thing is, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to change the world. This is what I'm going to do with my life. This is how, how I'm going to pay my bills. This is how I'm going to make my money. And then it ceases to be fun, and boom, it drops. And then we go to the next new fun thing, and the next new fun thing, and the next new fun thing. Yes, I'm, by the way, none of, I hope you feel in my energy that none of this is to make fun of any personality. Every one of them has their negatives. Every one of them has their positives. I am just drawing out so I find with personalities and figuring out who you are, it's actually easier to look at the negatives because um, we all think, oh, I'm good at that and I'm good at that. But when you kind of talk about the things that you're bad at, there's certain things like, no, I'm, I don't struggle with that at all. But then there's other things, oh, yeah, I definitely am bad at that. And so it's kind of easier to own up and, and filter out the other negatives of the other personalities by, by focusing on, okay, so what do I struggle with? Or what do D's struggle with and so on and so forth. And so in this case, I's, the law of attraction requires consistency. It requires you to raise your vibration. And if you're trying to do that to find enlightenment, it's just, it's not, you're not going to be consistent enough, I promise you. There are other tools for you. There are other, you know, the four agreements is obviously the one I recommend. You know, radical honesty. If you have some D in there, it might work for you. If you're if you have some C like I do, then the law of attraction may work. You may actually find you can exercise that other muscle. But if you're a high I, the chances are you want as few rules as possible. You want to pursue happiness. You want something that allows you to change constantly. And in that, you can find the stability underneath. And if those are the things that you're looking for, then Miguel Ruiz, the four agreements, the fifth agreement, all of his stuff, I think they have 
15 books now in the Toltec Wisdom Tradition. I've read every one of them. I've loved every one of them. There's a lot of repetitive ideas, obviously, because I've read a lot of them, but they're all worth it. And if you're an I that can, <laughs> the problem with an I right now is thinking, Austin, you just said to read 15 books. You're insane. I know. That's the C in me that reads 15 books. And I don't know what to tell you. You know, it's, it's, um, Find somebody who, you know, find a senior life who could read the four agreements and then give you the Cliffs Notes and help you walk through it. You know, if you, if you can, force yourself to read the four agreements. Force yourself to read any books. Uh, high eyes do not like because it's just, it's boring. And, uh, you know, so high eyes are, are um, the ones, as I said, they're listening to this podcast while they're doing 20 other things and, and uh, aren't, you know, probably aren't listening to all the podcasts. They're skipping around to the ones that sound where the title sounds fun. And uh, I love all of these types of people. I love D's, I's, S's, and C's. It's it's something that uh, has really when you can when we can laugh at ourselves, and we can laugh at the uh, the different quirkiness and intri- intricacies of uh, the human population. I think it's uh, pretty cathartic at the same time. So that is what I think regarding an I's path to enlightenment. That you want something that is is fun, that can shift and morph, and has very little you know rules and structure. The f- the five agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz is tailor made for you, and uh, we're gonna go over. I'm gonna we're still gonna do the S's and the C's, and then I'm gonna kind of do an episode that kind of talks about the interplay between different versions of those personalities. Um, there are sixteen prototypes that you different prototypes and variations you can have and i may even go over all 16 and kind of read through some information for you um and then after that i'm going to go through some specific tools now these are you know these are the bigger overall concepts and philosophies you know radical honesty the four agreements and so on and so forth but at the end i'm going to kind of go over specific tools that you know eyes in this case there's a few other tools that I know you you will likely enjoy, including radical honesty. Can be is kind of a tool as well. Um, but uh, you know, if there's anything in here that doesn't resonate with you, uh, understand that there's other parts of your personality, and that every one of us is unique. And so you might have liked the you might have oh totally agreed with the whole freedom thing, but the you know idea of needing to sale you know being a salesman you know, and persuading others, maybe that bothers you. Um, this because there's other parts of who you are. And so again, this is high eye. This is, you know, the tiggers amongst us. And, um, this is the fun path to enlightenment. So thank you for you guys for your time. As always, uh, if you would consider donating, would highly appreciate it. Like share, follow this, this series will probably be turned into a class as well. An e-learning class on the website when it's done so uh you know feel free to share this with your friends and use an opportunity uses an opportunity to uh get some more new age christians in your life because uh i think we all could use a little bit especially the eyes amongst us we want some more people to talk to and process with and so hopefully these podcasts are giving you that ability to share these ideas without having to have all of the data um, I think that's why I'm uniquely qualified or people like me are uniquely qualified to, uh, to engage in this version of, um, spreading new ideas. 
It requires a lot of overprocessing, but it also requires a lot of data. So I love it. Hope you guys love it. Hope you appreciate it. And uh, until next time, have a good week, and we'll see you in the next episode. Mm-hmm.